Welcome to the Wealth Standard Podcast with host Patrick Donahoe, author of the best-selling personal finance book, Heads I Win, Tales You Lose, and one of the nation's most influential financial advisors. The Wealth Standard's focus this season is investing. 2020 opened with markets and asset prices at all-time highs, but many of us experience more financial uncertainty now than we did a decade ago. Although there are more choices and opportunities than ever before, the risk-to-reward ratio teeters on a global fulcrum, contributing to the roller coaster of emotions surrounding financial well-being. It seems like everyone is walking on eggshells. This season, we'll cover topics revolving around investment theory and strategy, atypical investments versus conventional investments, and the role of investing within personal wealth strategies. The Wealth Standard Podcast is committed to inspiring you to be more financially free. There is no better time to gain clarity about your wealth strategy, your investments, and your financial future than now. Taking a break from the show, you know, entrepreneurs inspire me. I love meeting leaders of successful ventures who discover an idea, formulate the business, and then execute. You'd assume that they know how to structure their personal finances. I believed that too, but I was wrong. Entrepreneurs are never taught to effectively manage their wealth to work alongside their business and lifestyle. All of that work, effort, toil, and time wasted. Entrepreneur 101 is an online course that teaches you a financial strategy that works so that success is not a flash in the pan, but lasting. The spirit of the entrepreneur doesn't have to be compromised. Register for the Entrepreneur 101 course today for free at thewealthstandard.com forward slash E-N-T. That's Echo November Tango. Thewealthstandard.com forward slash E-N-T. Hey everyone, this is Patrick. Thank you for tuning into this week's episode of The Wealth Standard Podcast. I'm grateful that you're here. I hope you have enjoyed the last couple of podcasts. I'm really excited to share today. There's a lot on my mind and I feel it would be beneficial and helpful to you listeners. First, check out the website for any links and books and courses that I mentioned today, which are going to be a few of them. Our show notes are really good. I have an incredible team who puts a ton of time and attention onto the details to summarize the podcast as well as link to anything that was mentioned. So make sure you go to the wellstandard.com and check out the show notes for the episode. Also, we have a resource section. We've just reorganized. There are few, there's actually one new course on there and there'll be a few other resources that we're going to provide over the coming months. And I'm really excited for that. More to come there. But listen, I'm going to get into my topic today. My topic is, I would say, a summary of a lot of the episodes that have been done this year. And I believe it speaks to the individual regardless of what stage of life you're in. So the topic is how your wealth is in direct proportion to your understanding of human behavior, starting with your own. 
You know, I look at the pursuit of wealth and the reasons behind it, the purpose behind it, the actual results that are desired. And I believe oftentimes it's very narrow, especially for me and, and the pursuits I've had in life. The reason why I say that is I think an understanding of what it is you're after first is paramount. And when what you're after is status or signaling, meaning you want to achieve wealth because of how it makes you look or how it positions you in the pecking order, the hierarchical order. I feel sometimes that's a good igniter potentially. At the same time, it's not a lasting igniter. And I'll give you an example. I've had the opportunity, very fortunate to met and consulted and advised hundreds, my firm, thousands of people. And in conversations this year with, with a client of mine, he is very successful in business, investing incredibly well for himself. And that was not necessarily the result that he wanted, but he didn't realize that until it was too late. So he achieved so much more than his parents, more than his siblings. And he got to a point where he had wealth that would last beyond his lifetime, his kid's lifetime, but he lost his marriage and lost the relationship with his kids. There was a huge concentration on achieving a financial outcome, achieving a wealth outcome concentrated on financial wealth. And it was not until the end where he realized that the results he really wanted was to have his money provide a certain lifestyle and experience with his family. So it's important to really understand the results up front. I feel that there's always a drive behind what we're after. And identifying what that is, I think, will help us to better prepare. So the results are important first. The purpose of the results is second. And then third, it's the action plan behind it. And so human behavior, as you can see, I think it's the understanding starts with understanding yourself, being self-aware. I look at the lifestyle that we all get to live right now in the United States in this day and age. And comparatively speaking to those that lived 200, 300, 400 years ago, you know, we're celebrating the 400th anniversary of the Mayflower landing on Plymouth Rock. And the lifestyle that those individuals led, I think, is incomprehensible to us. If you understand the history there, they had an incredibly rough time coming across the ocean as well as surviving in those first few months. The majority of the party died. I look at the lifestyle we live today and how things are progressing. We were very fortunate. We have technology. We have sustenance that continues to be cheaper and cheaper. We have communication. We have experiences, movies, entertainment that's endless. Yet a lot of people are not satisfied. They want more. And I include myself in that. And so what helps me and the reason why I want to do this podcast is it, it helps me articulate and create some accountability for myself by understanding what I really want, understanding the results that I want. Is it signaling and status or is it truly to live a lifestyle that is fulfilling, that is meaningful? And so I get to number one, understanding human behavior, your own, but then understanding human behavior, the other's behavior, what makes them tick, why they act. Right now, I feel there's a couple of examples that are timely. Number one, it's 
what's going on with the quarantine, with COVID, the, the divisiveness of our culture, politics. I would say also a demographic divisiveness, the young versus the old. I think that's going to grow as well, potentially. But I look at what's being done to combat this. And so I'll first talk about the government and their intervention into human behavior. So right now, based on quarantine, the shutdown, people not able to go to work, there was a Band-Aid. There was a Band-Aid of unemployment benefits, a Band-Aid of stimulus and I believe that Band-Aid stifled what I feel is one of the most incredible aspects of human behavior, which is figuring out solutions during difficult times. But when a safety net exists, that safety net prevents that innovation. It prevents growth. And I believe that although I understand why the government did what they did, I also understand that human behavior, where we really shine as a human, was prevented, and we're not going to understand the opportunity costs uh, of that. At the same time, I look at the unintended consequences of keeping people at home and specifically the unemployment benefits that were spread almost equally throughout the entire country that gave some people more than they needed, some people less than they needed. And then also what it did is it provided a choice. And the choice was to either accept those benefits and not go to work or to not accept those benefits and to continue working. Those that had opportunities to continue to work did not in many cases. There was a financial incentive to not work. And I believe that is also something that is paradoxical where our natural tendency is to not experience difficulty, challenge, hardship, and pursue comfort. At the same time, pursuing comfort basically will end up making us uncomfortable because it's in the uncomfortable situations that we grow and find meaning. So it's really interesting to see what's going on in markets today. It's interesting to see what's going on with employment. I look at the unintended consequence associated with stimulus, with unemployment benefits is companies are figuring out how to operate more efficiently. You have companies that are operating remotely now. I know Facebook just announced that they will have pretty much 100% remote employment until 2021, summer of 2021. Google did the same thing. Twitter did the same thing. A lot of other companies are doing the same thing. There are also companies that I would say do not have deep pockets like those tech companies that are understanding that they can operate, be more profitable without office space or less office space, as well as not hiring back. Now, of course, employment is coming back. There's a jobs report recently that you know, almost 2 million jobs were added back. So unemployment is now at 10%. At the same time, that is a very healthy number. There are you know, businesses that are uh, gone for good. So looking at what's to come, we don't know. But I would say what gives you signals, what gives you signs and the identification of opportunity is by understanding human behavior, understanding what people are going to do. And so I look at the understanding of this, understanding of markets, understanding of freedom and independence. But I believe that my understanding is not the same as others. Looking at what's going on right now with regards to divisiveness, I see capitalism being demonized. I understand why. 
At the same time, I look at when it comes to those that have and those that don't have, there is a overwhelming influence to punish those that have and to reward those that don't have to create equality. And the equality is not based on equal opportunities. The equality is based on outputs. And I believe that is extremely unfair. Equality of input, I understand. Equality of output, that is where it goes sideways. Because in the end, financial wealth is a function of results and value, if done honestly, ethically. And all people are wired different. And some are motivated to do a lot of work. Some are brilliant, can work in teams. Others don't do. And therefore, people want equality of output based on inequality of input. And, and I believe that is destructive and harmful to a growing economy, an innovating economy. If you want more information on that, you can go and listen to the season I did, I think it was 2018, maybe 2019, about capitalism. And I understand there's a definition difference with people not understanding necessarily what capitalism truly means. They confuse it with other ideas. What I look at right now is there's definitely a war going on. And I believe that those that uh, understand principle, those that understand the true nature of what capitalist society brings, their voice is being drowned out. And I think that's uh, unfortunate. At the same time, I'm hoping that it provides an opportunity through disruption for those to, to understand at a different level. And I believe the youth of today definitely have that opportunity. It's going to be interesting to see how things, uh, things play out. But the last thing I want to talk about is when you understand human behavior, when you understand how people respond to certain events, how they respond to certain activities, what it does, it puts you in the position of opportunity. And number one, it's opportunity to provide value, to serve, to help. It's opportunity to purchase assets at discounts and make profit. It's an opportunity to start a business. It's an opportunity to merge with another business because in the end, all human beings have their short sightedness and they make mistakes. And I think during times of massive disruption, that's more prevalent. And so today I look at something that is important to me, which is trying to figure out what's going to happen in the future. What are the likely outcomes so that I can understand what to do right now? Uh, if you guys are watching on video, you can see that Wayne Gretzky is above my right shoulder and I have that up there, not for the reason I'm going to explain. But I have that up there because Wayne Gretzky was an average build, average speed, average strength, yet he understood his environment better than anyone. That's what made him so good. So I look at, that's a whole other podcast episode, but he has a statement that is very glib and over and really used all the time, which is it's not about where the puck is, it's where the puck is going. And I believe right now, if you understand human behavior, you're going to be able to identify where things are going. And with all in with regards to jobs, employment, and, uh, and college. So this is on my mind a lot because my kids are at home. I'm sympathetic to all of you out there. They're trying to navigate uh, kids being home even more, their education, the experience they have keeping them occupied, productive. Right now, there's so many distractions, and I know it's a, a full-time job just to keep kids on point. But I did a, a webinar with a good friend of mine, Tom Wheelwright, this week, and I'll post a link to that recording in the show notes. But Tom and I talked about the drive parents have to provide for their kids' future. And I look at, again, the love and care 
I have for my children and also kids that are not my children, whether it's good friends of mine, whether it's my nephews, my and niece and nephews, one niece, everyone else's nephew, all the others are boys, but the care and love I have for them and their well-being instinctively makes me want to provide for them, meaning give them what they need, whether it's shelter or gifts or an awesome birthday experience or Christmas experience. And on one part, I understand where that motivation comes from. At the same time, I feel I am putting my kids in a worse situation because they don't experience much scarcity. They experience a lot of abundance. And I think that's the case with most children these days. So the reason why I'm saying that is with regards to wanting what's best for our kids education-wise, we are following a cognitive bias of status quo. It's what society says is the right thing to do. It's what everybody else is doing. But I look at our pursuit of an education for our kids, and I believe this education continues to be less valuable, relevant, and are essentially going to set our kids up for more unlearning in the future than learning. So this is what I'll end with. And again, this comes to, to human behavior. If you know where the puck is going, if you know what people are trend to and what they try to do you know, collectively, then hopefully this will resonate. I'll make that statement first, which is if you think about 400 years ago, the Mayflower landing on Plymouth Rock until today, all innovation, all human behavior has been to really the hierarchy of needs that I've spoken about in numerous episodes which is it's to figure out a way to provide for the most efficient way possible, food, shelter, clothing, your physiological needs. Second, and that right now, I would say the expense as far as physiological needs is nil. Then you go to safety, providing a safe environment. Then you go to relationships, look at the social media movement and how much people thrive on understanding the lives of someone else and how driven they are to spend enormous amounts of money and time just being involved with other people's lives, even strangers through social media and where that has gone. The next level of the hierarchy of needs is the self-interest or ego, self-importance, self-awareness. There's a lot of different kind of subcategories to that. But this is also prevalent in social media where it is a platform so people can feel important. And I believe that that is a, a natural drive that we all have. And now all of these areas are continuing to get less expensive and less expensive and less expensive. So the future, as far as our sustenance, as far as our safety. I believe that there's so much innovation right now. There's so much money and resource and mind and ideas going into energy, going into transportation, going into computing power, robotics, the list is endless, which is going to drive down the cost of sustenance. So what this does is it puts human beings in the position of the careers, jobs right now that exist no longer existing in the future. So as Tom and I were talking on this webinar, and as, as I prepared for it and thought about it, I identified some areas of employment, areas of industry that are timeless. And I believe that the pursuit of these, especially by children, by kids, is going to be infinitely more valuable than any formal education will provide. So the first thing I talked about over the last couple of weeks, which is leadership, understanding how to work 
in teams, especially how to work with people that are strangers, that may have a different cultural background. I think that's huge. And being able to do that effectively allows leverage. It allows the maximization of individual gifts and abilities and talents so that they are all come together as a puzzle, individual pieces. It's so profound when a team works together, especially when they have a leader that is able to motivate, empathize, and give vision to an objective. Second thing is sales and communication, being able to communicate a point, being able to find what a person wants and give them what they want. I would think within sales and communication, copywriting, creative writing, storytelling is some of those subsections. Marketing. I think marketing is a fascinating science and it applies to literally everything and will apply to everything. I've been reading almost done with a book by Brian Kurtz, who is a marketer that started out in the seventies and is still marketing today and is, has gone through all the different platforms and mediums of marketing, but yet teaches in his book over deliver timeless principles of marketing that have not changed, even though technology and platforms have computer programming. Everything today is driven by computers, yet there is rarely meaningful education and understanding by those that teach in the formal education system. It's, it's improving. At the same time, computer programming does not require elementary school, middle school, high school, or college. There are six-figure positions, both from a consulting standpoint, from a freelancer standpoint, from self-employed standpoint, growing. And the demand and need is growing, yet the amount of education that goes into it in the formal sense is it's nowhere. So computer program, it could be application development. It could be UX and UI design, user experience, user interface design, which is essentially how we experience technology. Computers are essentially running everything. So whether it's a website, whether it's uh, hardware, whether it's software, computer programming is the future. And I'm even going to take some fundamental courses because computer programming really has to do with thinking models and understanding how sequence of steps and events relate to certain outcomes. I think it's a fascinating science that I'm going to dive into a little bit. I also believe that within marketing, within computer programming is the understanding of how relationships are formed, both professional relationships, friendships. There is something that's definitely worth researching, which is the the 12 levels of intimacy. Ryan Dice, who's the founder of digitalmarketer.com, and I'll have a link on the website for that, but digitalmarketer.com is what I use to understand marketing at a different level from a psychological perspective. Uh, It also has incredible tools in there that help build uh, marketing funnels, marketing campaigns, videos, courses, et cetera. But Ryan sold me on something a couple of years ago, and it hit me smack dab in the middle of my forehead and it's the 12 levels of intimacy. He didn't come up with this. This is by someone that has long passed, but it talks about the steps and stages a relationship must go to, or else it's considered harassment or assault. If you skip steps and so many people skip steps in relationship building, 12 levels of intimacy is profound. And it's helped me to understand the relationship with my wife, better relationship with my children, relationship with strangers, 
where relationships have to go through certain steps. And if they don't, then it's considered a turnoff. It could even be a harassment or assault. So it's fascinating to understand how people experience relationships in that degree of psychology. And then the final thing that I'll say is, is social media. You know, social media, I think, is here, is here to stay. It's a part of business. It's a part of relationship building. Although there is a lot of evil and bad things that happen on social media, there's a lot of good that's created. And I think that is just going to continue to be flushed out. And, you know, typically principle is what ends up being the equilibrium. At the same time, it's going to oscillate back and forth into the evil, into the bad, to the good and profound. But I believe social media as part of business, branding, relationship building is here to stay, yet it's not taught in schools. It's not taught in the formal sense. So my charge to you, again, through all of this is understanding human behavior at a different level is in direct proportion to the amount of wealth you're going to have. And it's not just financial wealth. It's also just your experience of life. And I believe right now we live in a very blessed time. At the same time, we are experiencing challenges that have never been experienced in the past. And I believe that this is just how life is, where it is not linear, it is volatile, and the volatility and the challenge allows people to rise to the occasion and figure their life out, figure problems out. I look at what I've studied, what I'm intrigued by, what I'm fascinated by is just you know, our experience of life and what we wake up and do every day, how our habits are formed, how our passions are created, how we start to identify what fulfills us and makes us happy. And I believe this, the last thing I'll say is, and even though I say this, I'd be lying to say that I practice this all the time. It's very difficult to practice, but I believe there are three degrees of relationship. First degree is selfish relationship. The second is horse trading or exchange-based. That means that you're in relationship as long as somebody gives you what you want, you're willing to give them what they want. And then the final, I would say more enlightened level is the unselfish. The other's needs are your needs, but they come first. And I believe that this is the key to the ultimate fulfillment, being able to be motivated all the time by blessing the life of somebody else, whether it's a spouse or partner or friend or child or colleague, where you put others' interests before your own and try to serve them at the highest level possible. And that ultimately seems so counterintuitive. At the same time, service always brings more fulfillment than self-service. It is the ultimate self-service if you think about it. Guys, thanks for letting me uh, riff today. I appreciate it. Hope you learned something. It helped me really to express myself and understand what I've been reading and thinking about. And I really appreciate those that, that have listened and would love to hear your feedback. Hit me up on social media, email hello at thewellstandard.com. I'd love to hear from you. Guys, continue to have a positive mindset. Look for opportunities. Find ways in which you can help others. I know it's going to improve your overall wealth and success, fulfillment, and happiness. That's it for today. We'll see you next week. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Wealth Standard Podcast. Be sure to visit the show's official website, thewealthstandard.com, for appropriate disclaimers and terms of service. Guest opinions are their own. If you require specific investing, 
financial, legal, tax, or any other specialized advice, please consult an appropriate professional. We welcome and appreciate reviews of the show. Head on over to iTunes or Stitcher to leave your review. And don't forget to subscribe to the show to get access to every new episode and exclusive interviews this season. Thanks again for joining us, and we'll see you next time. Oh,